but we're going to make a good effort at it. Amen. We are coming out of Romans chapter 8, still dealing with thick vertical Christianity. There seems like that there's going to be at least 12 sermons in this series. So y'all going to have to bear with me. We are reading out of Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. And we are going to be reading out of the New Living Translation that will be on the screen over here. Would you stand, if you're able, that we may give God honor and glory as we, as we read through these verses. And, and we'll come back and we will exegese verse by verse as God give understanding. Still dealing with um, looking and pressing beyond our nowness into our future glory. Verse 18 begins as such. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will give us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, everything on earth was subject to God's curse. All creation anticipates the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of glory, we also groan to be released from the pain and suffering. We too wait anxiously for the day when God will give us our full rights as his children. Let's stop there. I don't think I'm going to get that far. Oh, Lord. I'm trying. I really... Well, I may, I may, I may surprise myself. I'll get to a certain point and stop. Let's see. Father, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, saturate this place with an anointing that will cause us to hear and understand. Speak to us in such a way that our spirits go pop. Lord, as the word go forth, make the flesh sit down. Allow our spiritual man to stand up. Speak life to us, Lord. Speak life to us, Lord. Move Tracy out of the way and allow him to become an instrument of your Shekinah glory. Do not allow him to impede or to hinder what you want to say. Get freedom and bring everything back to my remembrance for your glory. 
Father, allow us to experience you in this act of preaching. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I think that one of the problems that we have today in especially American churches is that we I'm trying to see how to say it. We find every way to get out of our suffering instead of allowing our suffering to do its work. <laughs> We allow our toys, our things, to, to, to make us more cardinal in our thinking, in our action. And it subdues or it hinders the spiritual growth that God wants to take place. Instead of finding ourselves at times running to God, we use everything else as our crutch. And God sometimes have to turn up the fire. That it gets so hot that no, no, nothing on earth can hold you. Strip us of ourselves and all we got is Jesus. And when he does that, what we find out that in the valley that we can't stand become our blessing place. Some of us know, I, I don't want to go back, but I thank God I went through what I went through. If I wouldn't have went through that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I thank God for my trouble. I thank God for my affliction. I thank God for the heartache. Because after I came through, my faith in him, my confidence in him, my assurance in him can't be shaped too easily anymore. I know that I know that I know Y'all, y'all, y'all kind of act like y'all know what I'm talking about. Paul, Paul, Paul says, yeah, he said, yeah, 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 we, we suffer now. We suffer now for a moment. I, I, but, I, but I reckon that the presence of this suffering is not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us to us, through us later on. And I think that this is a two-dimensional two, two statement. He said, yes, when I get to heaven, but I think that there's some glory God gives you now. I, 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 I think that, that when you've been through a whole lot and you've been faithful and trusting him, that, that, that folks can see the Holy Ghost on you because 
because, because, because the flesh begins to sit down and the spiritual man stands up. But, but ultimately what Paul is saying is, he said, no matter what you go through down here, it can't even compare to the glory in heaven. You see, most Christians around the world is going through enough stuff from being Christians that they are saying, come Jesus, come Lord. The truth of the matter is most of us are saying, wait Jesus. I mean, it's okay to say wait if you ask him to wait because you got loved ones that's not saved yet. But the truth of the matter is we having too much fun. If, 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 we start, if we start talking about Jesus going to come in the rapture, I remember when I knew I wasn't right, when I knew I was out there doing everything I wanted to do. And, and, and for some reason, the, the mention of rapture stuck in my head because I remember it being preached when I was younger. There was a time I would go to the window and look out and see if he was... <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, it's a scary thing that when you think the Lord may be coming, you're going to be left down here. It's... And a lot of us don't even think that it's coming. But look what he says here. He says, all creation is waiting eagerly. All the earth is waiting for that future day. I believe even all creation is waiting on us when he makes us who we really are. It does not yet appear as a child of God who you really are. You really don't see it. It's it really not of, of evidence yet. You don't really know what's in the inside of you. You don't really know what God has planned for you. You really don't know the seed that is in you, how awesome it is. You really don't know all the awesomeness that God has down on the inside of you. We allow earthly things to get in the way and deter us from walking in what God has called us to be. If we can ever just get a glimpse of the greatness that is in you, you will act different, you will talk different, you will go through your trial differently, you will tell the devil, do you know who I am and whose I am? We wouldn't allow the petty stuff to have such a big influence on us. We would sit back, cross our legs, and say, this is just a momentary affliction. I got glory waiting on me. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, if we ever saw who we really are on the inside, I wouldn't much move you. Folks with attitude wouldn't move you. Folks who cuss you wouldn't move you. You say, hey, you don't know who I am, do you? You don't know who my father is. Do 
He says all creation is waiting eagerly because they can't become what God's going to call them to be until we become who we are. Let me say it again. The earth has been subject to bondage. Verse 30. The earth has been subject to bondage. Why has it been subject to bondage? Because when Adam and Eve messed up, they messed up everything. They messed up everything. The whole creation has been subject to death and decay. I told you the wrong verse. Go back up (laughs) to 20. The whole earth has been subject to decay. Subject. Listen. I hear women all the time say, is it, it isn't fair that we would curse with childbirth. Do you know how painful it is? And all we did was make Adam make the ground hard for him to plant. I said, oh, really? Have you seen those pictures in Africa and in India where they're starving kids because the ground can't produce enough? Have you seen where they are waiting for water and water won't come? And all you got is dust, even to the place the ground is cracking. Have you seen where the cattle are starving to death because there is not enough because the ground refuses to produce? The tsunami, the hurricanes, the earthquakes, it is part of the curse on earth. All the disasters that kill thousands of people is the earth is, 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 is in birth pain because it's been subject to bondage. When God said the earth is cursed, it set the whole thing in, in motion that all the disasters, natural disasters, flood droughts put in place because now it manifests the ugliness of sin in us. Look what it says. Against its will, the whole creation, the whole earth was made subject to God's curse. It affected the whole system. Science calls it the greenhouse effect. And what they said, that the temperature are rising. So the North Pole and the South Pole, the ice is melting. Therefore, the, 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 everything is becoming warmer, and it's affecting the temperature all over. They are trying to explain this. What is happening is that God said that as long as the earth is on the ground, is in this curse, he said things are going to happen, and it's in birth pain. 
What he's saying is like a woman who is about ready to have a baby, the contractions become stronger and more frequently. She knows when the baby is about ready to take place. She hurts more. She travails more. She cries more. She suffers more. Just like a woman that is travailing, the earth is rocking and rolling because it's waiting for us to become what we're going to be when Christ comes and takes us up out of here. Listen, as you watch the weather, and the weather is getting more dramatic and will continue to be, that is the sign that Jesus is coming soon. Read it. For we know that all creation has been groaning in pain of childbirth up to this present time. And it is increasing in frequency, in violence. Why? It is a sign to us. If you don't have your bags packed, you better get your bags packed because the last thing you want is to be left down here. Heard a man on TV, and he said that. I think he was a rocker. He was some type of famous person. And he said this. He says, you know what? He said, I'd rather go to hell. Because hell is going to be more fun. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You know, what we don't understand is this. We don't understand what hell is. Listen, heaven is the maximum of everything good from God. Hell is the removal of God's mercy. There is no happiness in hell. There is no joy in hell. There is no party in hell. You're going to be in a room all by yourself thinking in your mind over and over again all the chances you had to reset Jesus and you reject. Pilate is going to be forever trying to wash the blood of Jesus off his head. Listen, forever and ever trying to get the blood off his hands. Caught in that cycle. Caught in that forever and ever and ever. If I only would have did what I thought to do. Forever and ever, no sleep, no tiredness. Who wants to go to hell? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Listen. He says, next verse. 22. We believe, we as believers are groaning, although we have the Holy Spirit as a down payment. Listen, he said, he said don't get so comfortable down here. No matter how good you got it. Something inside of you tells you you're not home yet. Something still ain't quite right. 
You may have a king-size bed, air conditioned. I mean, I mean, nice crib, mansion, but something, if you really are listening to the spirit in your spirit, I mean, how in the world can we sit comfortable when folks are going through what they're going through? Our neighborhood, I mean, something got to, something got to get you to say, come Lord Jesus, come. I mean, things are getting worse. They ain't getting better. And no matter how you try to surround yourself with a gate and all of that, hey, trouble's still going to knock at your door. I believe aging is to remind us and make us dissatisfied. Some of y'all are doing the get-me-up rock. Somebody say, what's that? You got a rock and never to get up. <laughs> oh, oh, you hurt places you didn't know could hurt. We got some old young folks. They young, they more bent over than old folks. I mean, I mean, I mean, God is trying to use everything to get our attention. He said, don't get so comfortable. You're just passing through. You ain't home yet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look what it says. He says, our spirit within us. Listen, the spirit of God is good. You all, you ought to know that there's a foretaste. If you're a child of God, you got a foretaste of heaven. You got some, you got some heaven in you. You got some joy in you. You got some listen, stuff that's not dependent on what's happening to you. In spite of what's happening to you, you got something on the inside that holds you. You can shout when you're going through some stuff. God will remind you he got you. Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? I mean, not based on your happenings. You can stand in the midst of your storm and say, I know my God is good. Right now he's good. Matter of fact, taste and see. That's what he said. He says, that is just a down payment. Know what that's saying? You haven't experienced anything yet. Hold on. I believe the closer you get to the Lord, the more you taste. I believe that as you get to the next glory, the Jesus get better tasting than he is right now. I think that some of us need to go back and take some more nibbles. You know, it's like Lay's tater chips. You can't just eat just one. I mean, I mean, have you really tasted Jesus? Won't he make you hungry for some more? Won't he make you go back? Do it again, Lord. What I love about the Lord, he'll take you even higher if you want to go higher. There's no limit 
to your experience in him. He said, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin, from toil, and suffering. I think that one of the greatest things God do is he allow loved ones to be separated from us. And the reason why we grieve, no matter how much we understand the process, we know that separation isn't right. There's something inside of us saying, this isn't right. Did you know that death was never intended in the Garden of Eden? Did you know that sin was never intended in the Garden of Eden? Did you know that trouble was never in? Listen, the Garden of Eden was heaven on earth. Eden means presence. Genesis says God came down in the cool of the day to walk with his children. There was a manifestation of God that he showed up on an everyday basis, and Adam and Eve ran to him. But Genesis 3, I believe, chapter 8, say, or 15, said that now when they ran to him, this time when he came down, they didn't run to him. Listen, they had the presence of God right here on earth. Eating was the portal. That's why after they sinned, God sent an angel with a sword and said, you're not in, you can't get in the portal no more. The presence of God has been extracted from you. Not on that degree no more. Because now sin nature has enveloped us. And we cannot partake in that type of glory. Moses asked to see the glory of God and Moses is a friend of God who talks to God face to face and God tells him, he said, you can't see my glory. He said, what I'm going to do is put you in the cliff of the rock and put my hand over your eyes and when I walk by, I allow you to see the back part of my glory. And Moses looked up real quick, then looked down. Look, you will lose your mind if God would have dropped down in here with too much of his glory. We will lose our every loving mind. Don't you remember the three disciples up on the mountain and Jesus' glory starts shining through his humanness and God, his father, is talking to him in the God. The Bible says Moses act like he had lost his mind. It's good for us to be here. That's God for us to be here. Let's make sure the Bible says he didn't know what he was saying. He was caught up in the glory. Another of the texts said that they passed out. And you think you seen something? And you think you have expect just a scratch in the bucket. Because if God was to show you too much, your mind would go. Oh, he's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. And flesh can only take so much. He shields us 
even from his glory. Because too much glory, you would just fall down dead. Listen, Daniel sees an angel and pass out. If an angel is too much, what you think God is? But we long for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We wait eagerly with hope. Oh, that's saying we have an expectation that keeps us no matter what we go through. The momentary light of Affliction is nothing compared to the glory that God has in store for us. What it's saying is, no matter how rough it gets, you ought to be able to look into the future and say, I know things look bad right now. But since my God started this, I know he's going to finish it. If I stay in proper position, I know he got a plan for me. I know he loves me. So I'm going to wait right here for my chance to come. Don't know how it's going to come, but I know it's going to come. Don't like where I'm at. I hate where I'm at, but I'm trusting my God. I'm looking through my situation. I'm looking through my trouble. Looking through my tears. Looking through my heartache. I'm looking through. The devil can't stop what God has for me. There's an eager waiting that even when death is knocking at the door I see this too many times I believe that before God takes you if you are in proper position with him he gives you a view of heaven so that you're not afraid to die death comes too close you grab death and say, let's go. I want to get to my mansion. Let's go. I want my body. Let's go. Since we too wait eager with hope for that day when God will give us our full inheritance. Next verse. That he will give us our full Freedom, our inheritance as the children of God. I don't know if we skipped too many verses or what, but it's full inheritance as the children of God. But what are you saying, preacher? This is what I'm saying. You haven't seen anything yet. You haven't experienced anything yet. How can I say this? For those that die in Christ, don't cry too much. Because what they are receiving is far better 
than the best we have down here. Don't pray that they come back. Pray that you go there to be with them. If you miss them that much, make sure you got your ticket stamped with the blood of Jesus Christ. Make real sure because the next time you see them, you thought they was cute down here. You haven't seen nothing yet. Just wait till you see them in their glorified body. And, 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 don't, and don't believe this thing about you won't know your relatives. Oh, yes, you will. Matter of fact, you won't only know your relatives. You'll know everybody else. Here John, James, and Peter are on a mount of transfiguration, and Jesus is talking to Moses and Elijah. Nobody tells them that's Moses and Elijah. And here Peter says, it's good for us to be here. Let us make a booth as though they was going to stay there for you, Moses, and Elijah. How do you know that's Moses and Elijah? They was thousands of years ahead of you. They didn't have no picture to tell them that was Moses and Elijah. But when you are in the presence of God, what you do not know, now you do know because it's revelation knowledge being given to you. <laughs> Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And now you can do things that you could not know do before. We don't have... Did you know that Jesus in his glorified body after he was resurrected and after his last visit, he, he went up to heaven without a, without a spaceship? <laughs> While they were standing there watching him, he started lifting up and taking off. And they stood there watching him, and the angels asked him, why you keep on looking up? Did you know that you can say, I want to go to Mars, and you're there? My God, we don't have a clue. We don't have a clue what God has in store for us. We don't have a clue what our glorified bodies is going to be like. We don't have a clue. All we got is a taste of glory. I thank God for the taste of glory, but I want to see the full. Let's go on. Let, let me let me try to go on. Let me let me get you out of here. Let me let me get you out of here. Listen, what he said. We were given this hope when we were saved. The moment you were saved, you now have the expectation of your future. It's not based on you, so you can't lose it. Just make sure you got it. Uh, Y'all didn't hear me. Don't fool yourself. Make sure you got it. And if you got it because you got a down taste, which is the Holy Ghost, it ought to be able to keep you from doing some things that you, matter of fact, it can keep you from doing all things, but you got to learn to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. But there ought to be some evidence 
that you got power now. If you don't got no power, perhaps you need to go back and check yourself and make sure you got your salvation. Because if you got it, can't nobody take it from you. Notice what it says. You don't have to wait for it. If you got it, now you've got this expectation of a future glory. The day you accept Jesus, you already got it. You don't have to reach a certain mark for it. No, you got it. If you got Jesus, if you accept Jesus today and die tonight, you're going to heaven. Why? Because you got Jesus. Don't have to wait until anything else. That's the moment you accept it. You got it. Listen, if we already have something, why do we need the hope? Listen, listen. if you see it, we are, we are waiting on that which we don't see. Just because you don't see it don't mean you don't got it. You got it. You just don't see it yet. So you're waiting with expectation of what the Lord says is yours. And you're right. He'll give you a glimpse of what he has for you. Matter of fact, I'm not just talking about heaven. I'm talking about here. I believe that the Lord gives you some more heaven while you're down here. I believe that the Lord will come see about you down here. I believe that the Lord will make a way out of no way down here. I believe that the Lord will give you power here. I believe the Lord will give you joy down here. I don't think you have to just wait for heaven. I think that some of us are going through some things and you ought to have a future expectation down here. You ought to know that your change is going to come. You just don't know when it's going to come. But the Lord has given you something in your spirit that you know he's up to something. And you don't have to see it to praise him for it. He said, look, you must wait patiently with confidence. Listen, if you are confident, you can walk like you already have it. It changes what you think about yourself. The devil been playing mind games with some of us. What you mean? He's trying to put you down when God is trying to build you up. The devil trying to tell you who you're not. And God's trying to tell you who you are. The devil trying to play with what you don't have. But Jesus said, it's not what you have, it's who you have. And if you got Jesus, you ought to walk like you somebody. They ought to see a difference in your walk, a difference in your talk. You ought to hold your head up like, do you know who I am? I'm a child of the king. You ought to know that you, you know what, does it, what happened to you does not deter who you are. Matter of fact, the lower where God got you means the higher you're going to fly. Your testimony should be 
Do you know what I used to be? But guess what? Since I met Jesus, I'm not that no more. And you can't make me feel ashamed of what I used to be because I got a greater testimony that I'm not that anymore. I didn't have a change of mind. I had a change of being. He changed me. I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. All things, all things have become new. Don't want to go back. I'm not going to go back. Why should I trade what I got now for what I have? Because now I got the real thing. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. real. You got to get to the place. You don't care what folks say about you, what folks think about you. They don't have to like you. They can talk about you as long as I'm in right place with my father. I don't care. Listen, folks going to talk about you anyway. You might as well live the holy roller life and give them something to talk about. You might as well carry your Bible and give them something to talk about. You might as well run the church and give them something to talk about. Yes, sir. You call me holy? That's what my dad said I am. You call me righteous? That's what Jesus says I am. And then, then make a real man. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Don't get real mad at you. And I'm going to heaven too. Give them something I talk about. Then live it out in front of them. When you come in the room, watch them. And you say, it's a good day. It's such a good day. And they know you're going through hell. And they say, what's so good about Jesus? Jesus. He's the best thing. He's the best thing. That's what he says. The Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. This is so awesome to me. This is so awesome to me. You know what he says? He says, I did not leave you to finish this race on your own. He said, I don't trust you 
to keep yourself. He said, I'm not, I'm not putting in your hands the finishing of the race. Because by your own strength, you can't make it. That's what he's saying. He said, I have fixed the race. It was fixed before you got started. <laughs> he said, he said here, he said, what I did was I started at the end, went to the beginning, and then I made, Kenil, come here. Come here. Kenny, come here. No, you got a bad leg, so sit back down. <laughs> that though you think you're standing there by yourself, he said, what I got is the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, he says, I'll send you another comforter. In the Greek, the comforter means I have something that has come up along side of you, behind you, all around you that help you. Now, no, he was, now notice what he's saying. He said, matter of fact, he said, what I have given to you is strong enough, you don't have to do this, that if you can't make it, it will pick you up and carry you. Even if you don't want to be carried, sometimes it will pick you up and carry you. Wait a minute, we're not finished yet. We ain't, hold on, we ain't finished yet. Come on, come on. He said, he said, you owe me, you owe me. Hold on. Hold on. Do everything you go through. All the resources of God is in the God of the Holy Ghost to give you what you need when you need it. So even when you feel like you're by yourself, he's still right there by your side to give you whatever you need, however you need it, whenever you need it. He's right there to make sure you get through. Oh, y'all don't hear me. He said, hold on. It's fixed. Yes, sir. My fact, Listen, I tell you how awesome this is. The footsteps, the, the path that you walk has already been walked. Jesus already went before you. The 23rd Psalm that the shepherd lead 
the sheep. And the sheep follows. All he has to do is put his foot in the footprints of where my foot just came from. I'm representing Jesus. He already made the path clear. So all he has to do is step in. All you have to do is step in. Before you step there, Jesus had already stepped there. So you're walking through a minefield. If you press your feet where Jesus placed his feet, there's no, there's no bomb there. Hold on, check this out. If he get misstepped, the Holy Ghost is behind him. To correct him. If he want to turn around and go backwards, he can't even go back too far because the Holy Ghost is right there standing in the way to not let you go back and do what you really want. Listen, God has hedged his bet on you. The devil said, you never would make it. But God said, I bet you, I bet you, she gonna make it. He's gonna make it. Do you know who I am? He's Alpha and Omega. He's our God. He's sovereign. He knows all things. And if he started this thing, won't he finish this thing? Wait a minute. I'm almost done. Nehemiah 8 and 10 helps us. He says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Wait a minute. If I got Jesus before me, the Holy Ghost behind me, he also has place within me, within in you the ability to conjure up the joy of the Lord. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Listen, your joy is not dependent on what you go through. It's dependent on who you are and what Jesus has given you. Which means that though we go through hard times, you don't have to stay down always. Uh, some of y'all don't hear me. That you have the ability within you to lift up your heads, look to the hills, which cometh your help. For your help cometh from the Lord. Wait a minute. Even before the help comes, you have the ability to reach back and pick up that song that ministers to you. You got the ability to open up the text and go to that scripture that speaks to you. You got the ability to fall on your knees and call on the name of Jesus that lifts you. You should have joy in the most in up 
too tired. When the devil thinks he got you defeated, you ought to be able to open up your mouth and say, Hallelujah, anyhow. My, listen, I heard a story of a man who had a donkey that he couldn't stand. The donkey wouldn't do nothing that he wanted him to do. So the donkey said, so the man said, I got a trick for him. He made a hoist and lowered him down in a pit. And he started throwing dirt on the donkey. He said, I'm going to bury him alive. Don't you know the devil trying to bury you alive? He's trying to bury you with trouble. He's trying to bury you with problems. He's trying to bury you with situations. And if you allow that stuff to pile up on you, it will weigh you down, depress you out, mess you up, turn you out. But I tell you what you need to do. That donkey was a smart donkey. You know what that donkey did? Every time that man threw stuff on his back, he shook it off. He shook it off. He shook it off. Once he shook it off, he stumped that stuff up under his feet. Some of y'all going through a whole lot of stuff. You know what you need to do? You need to shake it off. You need to praise your way through. You need to pray your way through. You need to worship your way through. You need to shake off that mask off your mind and say, the devil is a liar and the truth. <laughs> Notice what happened. That dumb donkey, that no good donkey, that pitiful donkey, that hell-written donkey that never been no good. Now, and the devil was talk about you in your faith. You know what you need to do? Shake it off. Start talking to yourself. Start using scriptures to yourself. Turn up the joy level in your own life. You don't need nobody to start your joy. You got your own joy. Start your own joy. Start your own joy. He gave it to you. The man thought he had the donkey buried, and he looked behind him to see the donkey covered in dirt, and that donkey looked him in the face and said, No! The man died of a heart attack. Make the devil die of a heart attack. When he expects you to be dead, rise up. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Rise up. Rise up. Don't stay under. Shake it off. Stomp it on your feet and rise up. He has given us everything we need to rise up. Nothing 
can bury you. Nothing can keep you under. You may throw it on my back, but let me get on my knees. Let me call on the name of Jesus. Something is going to happen. And we have the ability because he has given us, he has equipped us. He has already set it in order for us to rise above and over whatever. What more do we need? Faith enables us to take these truths and not just hear them, start doing it. Start doing it. Start doing it. Try it and see if God won't do it in your it's not that Jesus has been found lacking. He's been left untried. It's not that the power isn't available. It hasn't been tapped into. It's not that he won't keep you. We're not applying what we know in order to be kept. But he already fixed your race. You are more than a conqueror right now. It's already done. It's walking in it. would miss out on a salvation like this? Who would not want to walk this way? Don't get me wrong. Difficult, hard, tears, but knowing Jesus makes it worth the cost. Having a relationship with him makes all the difference in the world. 